Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover Down. This episode we're going to be going over Ruck Up 2023. It was an awesome event that Doug and I got to uh, be part of, and we're going to uh, show you a little bit about what we did. So and We're coming to you from an undisclosed location, too. Oh, undisclosed location. We're in the yeah. secret layers. Yeah, so. Anyways, I'm, Nick. I'm in my bed and breakfast. <laughs> Roll the intro! <laughs> Welcome back to Cover Down, everybody. This episode was brought to us by The Green Grampy. Yeah, The Green Grampy understands that working collaboratively with others on a common goal builds confidence and produces the best quality results. So if you're looking for someone to either do a home project for you or assist you in your home project and educating you at the same time, go and look up The Green Grampy, whose description will be in below or in the description below. We'll put the link. I'll learn how to talk one of these days. And you can find out more by him. All right, Doug. What's up, buddy? Rock up twenty twenty three, man. Awesome events. It was uh, it was pretty intense. Like it was. Camping. It was. <laughs> yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> no pun was intended, man. <laughs> no, it, it was yeah. actually a really, really fantastic event. I mean, it was two days of uh, learning survival skills from a actual seer instructor, um, and then. The second day was uh, we spent time at the the firing range, and then we went over to the archery range, which was which was hilarious when you decided to get up and tried to shoot the water bottle off of the bear's head. <laughs> that was probably one of the best parts of the weekend. Was that was just all, absolutely all I know hilarious. is when we bug out, you're hunting for the food, and I'm I'm doing everything else. Okay. Yeah, you can go ahead and start the fires. I'll take care of the food and whatnot because I just I have a feeling that if we put another bow and arrow in your hand, um, someone's going to wind up stuck. Not the uh, food. I, someone within the camp. I, I it, it's sad when you're shooting a bow and arrow and the person to your left and right of you should be scared, even though you're aiming away from them. Dude, all of us that were behind you were scared. Yeah. That it's, arrow uh, was literally flipping its way around. <laughs> well, we're going to have to turn, we're going to have to turn that I'm, video I'm into a short. With the trigger. I'm no Rambo. All yeah, right. We'll, we'll turn I'm that sorry. video into a short. So this way everyone can see what we're talking about, but it was one of those, <clears throat> it was one of those moments where, um, it, it really kind of, I want to say, I don't want to say defined the veteran community, but it, it just encapsulated the veteran community because we, we were standing there and the challenge was, it was, I forget how many yards, like 7,500 yards out or whatever. And we had to try uh, to was, shoot. It was, it wasn't even that far. It was 50 it was, yards. Maybe it's 20 yards. I don't know. It was far. <laughs> uh, but we had to shoot the water bottle off of the bear's head and Seth comes up. And he's, you know, thinking, oh, I'm going to get this. Because if you shoot the bottle off the bear's head, you get to take home the take home the bow. It was a pretty nice, uh, uh, what is it, um, recurve 
was it a recurve bow? Definitely wasn't compound. So it was recurve. It was a recurve yeah, takedown. It, it was a recurve bow. It was a takedown. Yeah, it was a takedown bow. So the challenge was shoot the water bottle off the bear's head. And here's Seth. He comes up to the line and he puts the arrow in and he goes to draw back. And when he draws back, the arrow just goes, <laughs> starts flipping its way around. And in that moment, it was just nothing but pure laughter. I mean, we, it was raining hard. Everyone was wet. We were cold. We wanted to go inside, but it was the moment where like the humor just really, it, it just came out yeah. of everyone. We we were, we were embracing the suck pretty good right there. Oh, yeah. Everyone was laughing. Yeah. Like, like you said, the conditions kind of worsened. It started mm -hmm. to rain. We got cold. Um, I was black and blue on my arm because, oh, you yeah. know, when I, I don't always shoot a bow, but when I do, I do it completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't right. seen that meme check out the facebook page <laughs> yeah check out the facebook page but it was everyone was still happy no, yeah there wasn't there wasn't a a dour person there everyone was in high spirits laughing they, they felt like they were with family and uh but i think it, the weather was, also contributed to the awesomeness of the weekend though yeah why, it was, why, if, if it ain't raining you ain't training right and the thing is is like you know, we all sit there and we we want perfect conditions for, you know, when we're doing anything, especially when you're camping out. But let's be honest, like if you have to bug out or in a in a when the crap hits the fan situation, it's never going to be perfect weather conditions. So being able to learn how to um, look for firewood that you can use and start a fire with right away, learn how to make uh, charcoal cloth, you know, with just a tin can and a piece of shirt or whatever it is so you have fire starters excuse me and being able to do it in these elements where they were less than favorable it it kind of just gave you that sense of hey the crap hits the fan i know what to do like i got this so yeah it was it was uh it was pretty awesome um and the day after i left i went had a fire at my house and I think I started a fire the fastest I've ever started in my entire life. <laughs> and I didn't do it with a starter brick. Yep. You know, I did it with, instead of using the char cloth, I use uh, cotton balls and mm -hmm. uh, Vaseline. All right. And then just knife and flint. And five minutes later, I had a roaring fire, man. And it was crazy. Yeah. But let's, let's take a moment to talk about the two organizations that, we were working our well that invited us out that, that gave us this, this great honor uh to, to sponsor us to go to this event uh one is vets which stands for veteran equine therapeutic services which yep. was one of the things that we did all right learning to handle horses and work with horses as a form of stress relief for the horse and for ourselves yeah right? uh the, and then the, the organization was i was a part of for a while too yeah yeah, and, and they're fantastic. And then they partnered with HAVA, which is Honoring American Veterans Afield. Um, and then, man, they threw on one hell of an event. Yeah. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, I, I had sent a message to Thor, and, and I had said that basically when a veteran leaves the service, it's almost like being told you can never go home again. Yep. Um, but, but after Ruck Up uh, 2023, Right, which is the second annual one. So we're, we're still in the infantile stages of this, and it's still so impressive to see what they were able to put on. Um, but after that event, you, you realize that, you know, it wasn't the base or the installation. It wasn't the uniform. Um, you know, it wasn't the ship. It, it, it was the people. 
that exactly. were the home. And so they, exactly. they, they showed us we can always go home. We just got to mm -hmm. find our people. We got to find our tribe. So that was that was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. And we'll get into kind of some of the stuff that uh, that uh, they offered for veterans there. But uh, we got some video footage that we kind of want to go through real quick. But before we start that, Doug, did you want to uh, put anything else out there and how how yeah, you were feeling? I mean, I, you were, like, you were as I was after we left. So. What's that? You were as pumped as I was. After <laughs> well, I, I was pumped for a number of reasons. Number, I think the biggest reason was is because, um, so we get so busy in you know our daily lives and stuff like that. A lot of times, it's it's hard for us to take a step back and enjoy something for ourselves. But then when vets and Hava basically told me that I can invite my son with me uh, and he can experience the weekend with me, it just it just made it 10 times better. Right. I mean, my son and I, we have always practiced um, the bugging out skills. We're starting fires with Clinton steel, uh, walking at, you know, bluff point, And we're looking at places to build shelters and we're, we're looking at it, that kind of like survival mindset. So to have him there with me and being able to, you know, get instructions from a seer instructor, go on the firing range, shoot the bow and arrow, and just be a part of that experience. But then also still be a part of that veteran community uh it, it was just it was just amazing for me just to have that time with him and for those of you who don't know um the instructors that they had out there weren't just you know some joe schmo all right, right. like Doug said they had a serious control instructor which if i remember correctly is like survival escape apprehension and rescue is that no it's, sound a, right? it's uh survival or, evade resistance and escape Okay, yeah, or something like that. It's, it's I could be wrong, entirely wrong in my head. Yeah, but either way, it's, it's, an, it's an actual instructor that teaches um, service members while they're in, depending on what they're going to go do for their job, right? How to, if they were captured, how to survive mm -hmm. captivity, how to escape, how to survive out in the wild, and how to prepare themselves to get rescued. So, uh, quite literally, someone whose profession was training in that. So we yeah. got we got some pretty top tier stuff. Yeah, um, and I want to add same, too. Same thing with, with the firearms and everything. It's it's high quality individuals out there. Oh yeah, the instructors, the firearms instructors were amazing. Uh, but I also want to add too. Like I know there's a lot of veterans that go out and they'll uh, they'll explore different modalities of you know therapy, right? So we go through different. We go talk to different therapists. We go through different cognitive therapies and stuff like that. Uh, equine therapy is, is something that's been practiced for a while and it's still fairly new coming into the veteran community as something that helps. And as someone who's actually been through it and gone through the program twice and was a part of the actual organization vets and worked with them and worked with the horses, uh, I can definitely tell anyone that if you are looking for a way to deal with PTSD, deal with uh, any sort of like stressors of life, find contact vets. We'll, we'll give you all the contact information. Like if like, we'll help you get there if we need to. Um, it's a way to, so horses are very responsive and they feed off of the vibrations and the emotions that their handler gives off. Right? So if I go into a ring and I'm working with a horse, and I'm anxious and scared and, and I'm getting all emotional and stuff. Well, guess what? The horse is going to react the same way. So I have to keep my emotions in check in order to keep this 800,000, 1500 pound animal from going buck wild. 
and you know it's just keeping learning how to keep your emotions in check and then let's be honest horses have a mind of their own they're going to do what they want so being able to control a frustration and control that in the moment to keep the horse calm you're going to learn a lot about yourself and seth yeah. you saw like you saw i don't know if you saw the change in, in like my demeanor when we started working with dash and i did so like, here's, here's the thing <laughs> dash is so, my boy <laughs> for those of you who don't know at home doug's a horse whisperer uh yeah i kind of am <laughs> i wouldn't say that the horse was high strung wood it definitely had a personality to it and it was damn near falling asleep in doug's arms yeah and uh, both of them and they, you know, it was it was so calm and relaxed and serene. Just just watching Doug deal, you know, with this horse, and then myself too, because you know I, I love animals. Period. Um, but one of the things that kind of I wouldn't say dawned on me, but definitely reinforced, was the concept of uh, taking a moment to care for something else. Mm -hmm. um, it will help you care for yourself. Exactly. Right? Um, which is, you know, that's a lot of reasons why we do what we do, right? Uh, by caring for others, we're caring for ourselves in return. So it, it was, the only words I had for it was it was something special, man. It, it was really something special. Yeah. So. If any veterans interested, uh, I can take you down to the farm. Um, we can, we can get you, you know, hooked up with the program. You can get involved. It's very, very beneficial you're going to learn a lot you're going to take a lot away uh even if you're scared of horses i will admit when i first started with the program i was dead set on not working with horses because i was afraid of them uh they're big animals and they can easily turn around and, and buck me down to the next town over not going to handle it but over time like i got used to working around them and knowing each horse's personality the program did honestly give me that nickname the horse whisperer because i could go into the ring or i could basically go out into the pasture and i ha have photos of me walking out in the pasture and i would crouch down and kneel down in the middle of the grass and i have horses coming up and we're going nose to nose and face to face and they're just sitting there and i'm just controlling their actions just by you know my emotions and my attitude towards them it's a beautiful thing um so anytime i get to work with dash it, it's always fun hanging out with him um, but like you said, we do have some videos. Uh, unfortunately we don't have any videos of us working with the horses. We didn't want any like weird camera noises and stuff to kind of spook them because everything has to be kind of a very calm and serene, uh, environment for them. Um, but we do have, uh, some stuff leading up into the event. So what is the, the first video we have, Seth? Uh, the entrance to day two. So day one, we didn't have a whole lot of videos because I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Doug and I were, I mean, we were like kids in candy stores having so much fun. So you yeah, know, we, we were taking a video, true. but on uh, <laughs> day, day two, we had um, Monique and Nick with us that were, were documenting a lot of things. So um, throughout this episode, you're going to see the videos we're talking about. Um, and then for day one, you go back and scroll through our social media you'll see a lot of the pictures that we put up uh it's pretty fantastic but uh nick whenever you're ready go ahead and uh roll the first video and uh people kind of see what we were walking up to we are here to pew pew today with the veteran equine therapy services event called ruck up 
pretty cool. It's very exciting. Yeah. Uh, day one was uh, survival skills and uh, horse care, which is very interesting, very relaxing. And then day two is we're shooting. I'm kind of sad I missed day one, but I'm definitely excited for day two. Yeah. Day one was pretty legit. They gave us uh, a copious amount of gifts. Yeah. Uh, some, like I said earlier today, it was uh, better gifts than I've received for my birthdays in the last 10 years. Oh, wow. That's pretty exciting so. stuff. <laughs> we'll go ahead and edit that part out this sharp. Now we're walking out to the outdoor gun range here at the Niantic Sportsman's Club and uh, walk up late to a brief because it'd be like that. Yeah, way to go. <laughs> I threw myself on the bus there. <laughs> yeah. But they're to giving be a safety brief and hear you two come walking up with Dunkin' Donuts and coffees like, hey guys, what's going on? <laughs> Is there I'm anything doing? more military or veteran than that though? <laughs> what are we doing? It's a safety brief, Seth. That's ridiculous. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that you guys were walking up to the gun range. Uh, from there, we we were able to shoot. The first thing that we shot was the six hour uh, twenty two long barrel rifle, which was precision rifle. Precision rifle. These things precision. are ridiculous. I mean, I Ooh, we knocking off targets thing. at two hundred yards, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And then the yeah. the cool thing was is um, they they taught us dope, which stands for um, uh, what is it? Dialogue. Data on previous engagement. Yeah, data on previous engagement. So you were basically shooting and then adjusting your scope to what you had basically hit moments before. And it was just, it was cool to basically see the whole transition. Now, before we roll into this next video, I do have to throw in a little bit of backstory. So Big Tuna, my son, uh, Nick, he is 15 years old. Ever since he's been like seven, eight, he's been at the range with me. Um, I'm a firm believer in, you know, teaching my my son gun safety, uh, firm believer in teaching him the rules, regulations, everything when it comes to a firearm. Uh, never put your finger on a trigger. Always ride the rail, you know, always doing everything proper. Um, he helped me build, you know, a couple of my firearms, um, and him and I still hit the range together as like a father son bonding type thing. When he sat down to shoot the 22, the guy turns around and looks at him and he was just like, all right, so now you're going to shoot a 22. It doesn't have a lot of kick to it. And then he turns around and he goes, what, not like a 12 gauge shotgun. And then the guy turned around and looked at me and I'm like, yeah, he shot that before. <laughs> He's like, so yeah, you'll be able to handle this. Um, and this kid's 15 years old, and he is knocking targets 100, 200 yards out. And the, the shooting instructors are looking at me like, where did this kid come from? And I'm like, he, <laughs> like I've, I've been teaching him. Like, I'm not, a, I'm not a sniper. I'm not a sharpshooter or anything, but we – you know, we spend the time and, and learn the fundamentals and whatnot. So here's a video of Big Tuna uh, sending some freedom shells uh, downrange, I guess you can say. Mm -hmm. Look at this kid. This kid's got like six when that crap hits the fan. Like center on all the back. 
Okay. Look at that. Finger off the trigger immediately. Riding the rail. Good kid. I didn't see where he hit. No. I hit just outside of it. These things were so fun to shoot. They were blast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it, so I want to point something out here. Every branch of service at some point in time will train to use a firearm, mm -hmm. right? Because that is what we do. Um, some of us will use it a little bit more depending on the fact that we stand watch or things like that. So for in the case of me being in the Navy and with submarines, my experience with firearm primarily consists of whatever armed watch station I'm going to be standing on board the vessel or the installation that I happen to be in where you specifically being in the army, all right, very well trained in your firearm because that is an extension of yourself, right? From everything that I've understood. Um, but to be able to take people like me who don't get many chances to shoot anything more than, a, a, you know, a 12 gauge shotgun, a Beretta nine millimeter um, and an M4 or M16, right? Um, where some other people will get to shoot a little bit larger weapons. Uh, we don't really get to do some of the crazy stuff that we see, you know, everybody wants to do sniper stuff until they realize they can't do sniper stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. That day we got, we got to do sniper stuff. Yeah. And yep. what was awesome is, you know, teaching us, uh, you know, data on previous engagement, how to apply it in the field. But then we got to witness something that was actually pretty cool. And we got to watch a very experienced shooter acquire a target at i think it was 150 yards above a berm but then adjust his data on previous engagement in his scope or using his data on previous engagement adjust his scope to hit a target behind a berm at 125 yards he could not see yeah and that all came from his spotter too and that, and that all that all that data came from his spotter and that's what was the most fascinating part is the spotter was just like, you know, high to the left or, you know, whatever. And then he just turned around and boom, tink. And you're like, what the hell just happened here? And the guy was like, yeah, so, I can't see where I'm shooting. <laughs> so for those for those of you who, who well, the further way I can explain it is I spent 11 years in the military and I never got to experience something like that. I only got to witness it through history channel documentary series. All right. On, you know, sniper forces or something like that. Yep. But to see it in person was just mind blowing. And I, I felt like I got to experience a little bit of everyone else's uh, time in service. Yeah. And that was really cool. I liked that a lot. It was awesome. It was, it was awesome. I just, uh, yeah, I, it, it, man, that was such a fun day, man. A lot, a lot of trigger therapy, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. It it, honestly too, like I didn't, um, so when it was my turn to shoot, I did shoot the 22. Uh, I also participated like two years ago in another HAVA event and, uh, that same 22 rifle that we were shooting, they gifted to the participants. So I have one, you know, at my house, if you want to go out and shoot it, you know, we can definitely arrange that. Um, but again, it, having Nick there, Big Tuna, um, I wanted him to be able to get that skill set. I wanted him to be able to have that experience to experience the the data on preview engagement or the dope, and have him walk away going, "Damn, I did 
I did some of that sniper stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I let, I let him shoot. But... The, the 22s, right? We went and shot. Uh, it was uh, Smith well. and yeah, Smith and Wesson donated uh, two different types of nine millimeters. It was a, a smaller. Yeah, there was six one. firearms in total. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they did that. And that was also another thing too. When Big Tuna went up to the firing line on the uh, nine mils, the handguns, the uh, the instructor comes up and he was just like, "All right, do you know you know what you're doing? Have you shot before?" And he goes, "Yep." And he goes, "Okay." Uh, he's like, this is how a Nick picks up the magazine, slides it into the magazine well, racks the uh, slide back, lets it go, pulls it forward, make sure that the round in there, and then he just slides it forward, like rides it forward just a little bit, and then his hand, again, riding the rail the entire time, and that instructor's looking at me, and he's like, what, how old is this kid? I'm like, yeah, he's 15. And honestly, I'll tell you what, though, that kid shot a hell of a lot better than me that day. Yeah, better than me, too. I don't know if so, it was just because I was wired up on coffee and, and ghost energy drink or whatever, but damn, son. Yeah, I'm doing a shameless so, plug for ghost energy. Love that stuff. <laughs> um, so for those who are who might be unfamiliar with firearms or not as experienced, it's very much a use it or lose it skill set. All right. Exactly. Where for me, since I moved from Virginia, uh, I haven't been shooting as much. Um, so I, I lost it. Uh, I think I locked and loaded and fired down range on a tree, hit the first two targets from the first two shots, great, and then just missed the entire magazine afterwards. And then, so here, here's how awesome our instructors are because our instructor comes up behind me and goes, awesome, great, would you like to keep shooting like that or would you like some help? <laughs> and I was like, I, I, I'd love some help. Um, it, was, uh, it was a fantastic experience. And uh, man, the backing and support for these two organizations to to give us this wonderful experience was pretty pretty amazing yeah and you actually got to um do a an interview with an individual by the name of jim cottrell who is actually a member of the veteran equine therapeutic services team um i've worked with him a couple of times talked to him very awesome individual uh and you actually got to do an interview with him right outside the firing range when everyone was you know laying them freedom cells down range um, so we can let's go ahead and cut into that video real quick. Oh, hold real on quick, second. though, before we do, if it sounds like I'm forgetting where I am and who I'm talking to, it's because I just came off the firing range. And I was so excited and I was forgetting. So right. Hey, folks, Seth again here at the Niantic uh, Sportsman's, Club. Sportsman's Club. That's right. And we're here with Jim Cottrell. And you're with Vets, right? Yes, uh, yeah. Veterans Equestrian Therapeutic Services. That's Vets. right. So we've been uh, for the last two days at one of the most spectacular events I've ever been to in regards to Vets. Uh, quite jealous, but uh, it's called Ruck Up. All right, so day one, we were out here at another location working on uh, survival skills and working with horses and the therapeutic effects of, of dealing with horses and stuff. Today, we're out at the gun range learning some pretty awesome and intricate shooting techniques with, you know, data on previous engagements and things like that. Uh, we're having a great time. But how long have you been uh, with Vets yourself? Actually, just a little over a year. All right. Yep. All right, cool. So uh, what, what do you do with them specifically? So I guess I should just kind of start out what drove me to it. Yeah, so, let's uh, do that. Just uh, overwhelming need or want to support. Mm -hmm. um, when I got back from Iraq way back when, um, 
there were just certain things and obstacles I had to deal with and, and maneuver through. Um, but then you hear about the overwhelming number of veterans that um, take their lives, having problems, you know, reintroducing themselves in, in, into society and mm -hmm. basically just having issues uh, overcoming yeah. certain things. And uh, as I did, that was not acceptable to me. So I figured I had to try and figure out some way to reach to them um, because if I don't know, I can't help, you know, mm -hmm. type of thing. And uh, so I, I found this equestrian uh, program near us. So I decided I wanted to volunteer. Uh, I got started volunteering with them. And so again, the emphasis on volunteer mm -hmm. and they had their first ruck up event and I said, okay, yeah, I'm coming. I'm going to volunteer. And I show up and they're like, no, you're a veteran. Here's the t-shirt for a vet. You're going to actually participate. So that's how I got it, you know, doing the first uh, ruck up with them. And things progressed. Um, got to uh, know the people more. Uh, great, great group, great team. And then got asked to be on the board. So joined the board uh, a little over six months ago, probably. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just been going from there. And it's just the people that I meet just day in and day out uh, doing these things. This group with Hava uh, that's helping put on the second day of Ruck Up is just absolutely phenomenal team. And I just love the mission, fell in love with the outreach and the, uh, the mission itself mm -hmm. and just wanted to continue forward. And I hope to continue to help grow it. Yeah, there's one thing I've noticed is that uh, when, you, when you exit the service, uh, there's a, for a lot of people, there's kind of a loss of identity, right? Because everything absolutely. that you were is now behind a fence somewhere that you can't quite go back to. Absolutely. Uh, but here at events like these, you're kind of bringing a little bit of that back to them. So to remember and kind of where they came from, who they are, what they did, and that though they might not be in the uniform nowadays, or they might not be on that base or on that installation, that they're still with the same brothers and sisters that they served with and a group of people that veterans or civilians that are still willing to help them. Absolutely. And for me, um, you know, those experiences in, in large groups, mm -hmm. uh, anxiety that would come with that. Um, just uh, this heightened sense of, sense of awareness that the soldier brings mm -hmm. to the table because that's the environment they're in. And then to be in a, an environment where you don't need to or sh really shouldn't be that high. Of, or, it can be exhausting. Yeah, it can be very exhausting, yeah. actually uh, mentally and physically exhausting. And... Uh, for me, I kind of recognized that there was something missing, like you say, and, and it really boiled down to that camar camaraderie. Yes. And I started with the fire department, mm -hmm. joined a local fire department, and that brought something back because at least I had that camaraderie and everything. But there was still that whole thing of being in certain situations and having that heightened state of awareness, um, which I brought into my family life. Mm -hmm. uh, which in some aspects is a good thing because you can teach your your kids your family members your loved ones that hey this is the way you should go into in a situation into an environment to make sure that you're safe yeah but on the other hand sorry <laughs> it's all right man that's but on the other hand for. you're kind of almost handicapping them yeah for getting the full experience of situations and circumstances yeah. because some things you just need to embrace and not go in so guarded Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, 
Yeah. So, uh, well, that's, I mean, that's why we're here, right? To yeah. show whoever comes out to this event that they're not alone. All right. And like Thor had said yesterday, when you think no one's going to come get you, that's right. You guys are going to come get them. Absolutely. Right? And and you guys, I'm yep. sure. We're all here for each you know other, man. It's uh, just because you've left the military and have taken yourself out of that fight mm -hmm. doesn't mean that the fights for life are over. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that you've left that team and that you left that group because even though we're out in society and we're in our little cloisters here, there, and everywhere, mm -hmm. we're still here and we're still together. Yeah, we, we belong to I don't to even something. know what branch you were in. And, and it doesn't really matter, right? It doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter. Uh, no, that's, that's the thing. need my help on that. Is that uh, we've gone so long in such large portions and such meaningful portions of our lives of belonging to something that's greater than ourselves, then when that thing is no longer there, we have to search for something else. And I think organizations like the Guardians and organizations like Vets and HAVA are creating those places for them to belong. Yeah. So I appreciate what you're doing, man. Thank you. Keep up the good work. And uh, so, do you have anything you want to add to this at all? Yeah, I'd like to say uh, just what he said. All right, That's sounds it. good. <laughs> See you next Before we continue, I want to give a big shout out to Jim Cottrell here for, for opening up and being brave and strong enough to, to really kind of talk about some things. Yeah. Um, you can obviously see the effect that organizations like this have on individuals that volunteer for them. Um, yeah, man, I'm just, I, I was so thankful to have that conversation with them. It, it was great. Yeah, they're, Vets and, and uh, Hava are doing, doing some amazing things. And speaking of Hava, um, one of the, the I guess, the, the face um, of the organization, Chris Fleming, is someone that I've known for, for quite a while. And uh, he, he constantly says this and I don't, I don't agree with it, but I mean, he, he always says that if it wasn't for, wasn't for me and if it wasn't for the guardians that he would not be where he is at today. Uh, we did help him out, you know, years and years and years ago. Um, but you know, it's what we do. We, we help out the veteran community and we're there for each other when, you know, someone else needs it. Um, He's a, a stubborn ass Marine. Uh, yes, I know I did swear, but he is a stubborn Marine. Uh, and he, you know, was going to deny the help that we were going to give him. Um, but good thing I'm, you know, maybe 2% smarter and was able to <laughs> be two steps ahead of him on this one. Uh, so he couldn't, he couldn't deny the help. Um, and he is one of the most humble individuals that, that you'll ever meet. Um, really really awesome individual to talk to and we were actually able to grab him for was it 15 minutes or whatever and sit down and talk with him um was this day one or day two i think it was this this was day two this was day two and once again a great example oh yeah day two that's right monique is fantastic for interviews oh she's um, fantastic the, the mobile news reporter <laughs> yeah right so here's the thing all right what we're about to show you I wasn't present for because I was having some amazing conversations with some under, other individuals for there. So I'm actually about to see this for the first time. Now I've been in communication with Chris since Ruck Up. Um, I made him a few things here. I'll show you in a second. But uh, yeah, let, let's go ahead and watch this video. Um, man, what what a what a like an interesting group of people, and you just feel a lot of pride just to be around them. Exactly. You know? 
and they, they definitely lift your spirits pretty well. So exactly. go ahead and roll that video for us. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, so I I work with Honored American Veterans of Field. Okay. And the organization started back in 2007, and it was firearm industry leaders and manufacturers, and nobody was doing it on the regular, and they just had a couple executive CEOs, and they're like, let's take some dudes on a hunt. Mm. So they took one guy on one hunt, and they're like, why can't we make this repeatable? So they got, you know, Yamaha, Crimson Trace, Smith & Wesson, I think uh, Mossberg was in then and they're like well let's let's expand let's get bigger and now we have uh, about 25 30 sustaining sponsors across the firearms manufacturers side um, you know Sig Sauer uh, Mossberg Smith and Wesson Yamaha um, it, it, Glock if, if they're a major player in the industry then they support us Wow um, we expanded from hunts um, hunts are terribly expensive and we try to be as efficient as we can with the, the money side um, and we could do events like this that are pretty intimate you know we get to hang out with the guys and gals um, and we just shoot we just have fun um, some of the classes are more serious than others some are more just about hanging out and the camaraderie um, others it's hey we want to teach you how to shoot um, you know maybe they're missing a limb maybe they're you know limited motion in their shoulders you know hips knees whatever um, but we want to take those combat returning vets um, and and just get them back out and smell the gunpowder again. Absolutely. So what is, how do you guys, I guess, get attention and how do you guys raise those funds? You're talking about how, you know, costly it is to go on those hunts. Um, so we, we don't have paid staff. Okay. Um, we don't have, we don't have a headquarters. Um, we are, we try to stay about 85% back. Um, and that, you know, is industry leading as you guys know. Um, and the goal really is we're going to be as lean as possible. We're going to spoil the vets as big as possible. And we just, we want to create smiles. We want to create a Sunday habit. Um, so a lot of things that we do focus around the shooting sports. So if we can teach a shooting sport, equip them from that, for that shooting sport and show them, Hey, you can do this. Uh, we now created a Sunday activity for them that they can go out and then go out by themselves and go with their girlfriends, moms, dads, kids, you know, whatever and they can have that fun on the range together. That's nice. And what what's interesting, most interesting for me about this organization, um, so I was hurt as a contractor in Afghanistan. I actually lost both my legs below the knee. Oh, my God. So many charities reached out to me, and they're like, hey, we want to help you. And I'm like, sweet. And they're like, we want to get you golf clubs and send you out to California and let you play golf with Phil Mickelson. Awesome. Send me your Purple Heart. I don't have one. I was a contractor. You know, I, I was not that. Like I was doing a very similar job. Um, however, I didn't meet that criteria. And then you have to stay with your mission statement. So it's not the charity's fault. It's not yeah. the organization's fault, but they have to be good to their word, to be good to their donors, their sponsors, their, you know, supporters. Um, so I didn't meet anybody's category. So I got a call from a Lieutenant Colonel and he said, Hey, I need you to go out to this charity event. It's in San Antonio. And I'm like, I don't qualify. And he's like, shut your mouth, pack your bags. You're going to go work. 
said, okay. So I showed up. That was 2011. Um, it was my first trip away from home after losing both my legs. And when I showed up, they're like, hey, little guy, like events not till tomorrow. And I'm like, well, I'm here to work. And I have not left the organization since. Um, so they created a home for me. Um, they showed me that I could still be in the community and chat with people because that's, I don't know about everybody else, but that's what I want. I need to be in this community. Um, so working with this organization has allowed me to stay very close to the veteran community. I mean, not to kind of tie us back in, but I'm going to shamelessly. Um, so like Guardians, I think that's one of the themes that I hear a lot is that camaraderie and that that home feeling, that big team unit families that, you know, we're able to kind of create, take all the good things that are outside of or inside, you know, the military or the contractors or whatever we have going on there um, and bring that home, you know, and create that safe space in that home, not to use that word. So, but you know what I mean? It, yeah. I, I'm glad that you found, you know, your niche now that right. you're here, you know, home yeah, too. we get to hang out together because of it. Yeah. So how long were you a contractor? Can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so I, I did some stateside contracting for a little while, mostly okay. instructional stuff. Sure. Um, and then I tried to go a different route in the Marine Corps. Apparently you have to know how to swim and recon oh, and drowning over and over in the trials is you, you don't get to go. Yeah, that's a bummer. Uh, Blackwater, <laughs> they don't give a shit if you can swim or not in the desert. So I was like, hey, I you know want to do a pump with you. And I, I got put on a uh, counter narcotics team with the Afghanistan Border Police. Oh, wow. Um, so our mission was to train these guys and then take them out on their missions and make sure that they were able to safely accomplish their goals. Um, so it was, it was a really neat program. Um, I'm glad I did it. Uh, we had armored vehicles um, that we utilized and we would get shot at them because if you're in an armored truck, you're cool uh, or important. So they would try to attack us. So we bought some Ford Rangers um, and we stopped getting shot at. But they're not very good against bombs. Um, so wrong place, wrong time. It wasn't even meant for us. It was meant for the Army. Um, got hit. We ran real small teams, so a four-man team, uh, two guys each truck. And we were just lucky the guys that were in front of us in the vehicle squared away, knew what they were doing. They were prior Marines. Um, I had an 18 Delta, you know, square, square my legs away. Um, so it, it worked out good. Well, thank you for, you know, doing everything that you did. That's huge. You've obviously contributed a lot to, you know, the country as a whole and kind of what we all wish, I think, that we could stand for, right? So um, you were a contractor, but you, you're you right there. So that's, that's incredible. Good for you. And thank you for everything that you did. Yeah, my um, pleasure. We kind of see that red tape, you know, issue as well with our mission statement and how we are able to reach out to, to people. So that, that can be frustrating, yeah. you know, especially yeah. when we hear somebody like in your case. You kind of wish there were better ways to navigate that or just something you guys need yeah. something. Well, and we're all resourceful. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. like if, if, if I can't do it directly and stay in my mission, I'll find another group that can. Exactly. You know, or we'll yeah. do something private. I mean, there's so many opportunities that we can make stuff happen. Yeah. Um, and that's what we do. You made stuff happen for us. So we got to, as a nation, got to figure out how we can better support you guys, yeah. really. So, I mean, I don't know. What, what about, can we talk about you for a minute? Take the heat off you can for I, just a second? Can I talk yeah, about him? Yeah, yeah, you do it. No, you are. You sound very excited. You are freaking special. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait. So other than that, the fact that 
likes John Deere. Okay. Um, so I, I moved to New England 2011-ish. Um, and I am no longer an operator. I'm no longer kicking in doors. I'm not doing any cool guy stuff. And, you know, it's like, well, I need, I need to do something. So I'm like, oh, I'll go find a shooting match. Um, if you haven't shot competition before, it's very humbling. It doesn't matter how badass you were. You're going to suck at this until you figure the game out. Um, so I went to this random club um, and I met Andy and Uncle Bill. And uh, they were the first guys to come over and talk to me and be like, you know, hey, you know, can we help you? And I was in a wheelchair at the time, pretty much 100% of the time. And they're like, all right, you're going to just walk over here or push your butt over here and you're going to shoot this, this and this. Like, OK, so I go over there and I'm OK, but I'm certainly not at their level. And then when I realized Uncle Bill's a phenomenal mechanic, uh, you know, I got a mechanic kicking my ass. Mm. Well, I'm a, a lead operator. You know, that's not all right with me. And, you know, all these guys, you know, they're car salesmen, they're husbands, mm -hmm. and, you know, wives and daughters, like the, the quality of shooter at these clubs. They're, it, it's amazing. Um, so at one point, uh, Andy would be pushing me around and I started winning because he knows where to put me in the right spot. And I was basically just a tank turd out there doing this stuff. Um, and then they told me I had to start walking because <laughs> they, they didn't like it. But um, so Andy is actually, the, so he's been shooting competition since teenager, right? With Uncle Bill. Um, but he's the reason that I am in the competition shooting, which has gave me the approach to get into Honored American Veterans of Field, which has allowed me to shoot. I, he and I go to national level competitions. We get out of the house. We travel together. We eat good. We got friends all across the country. Um, so I can totally say my entire shooting career is based on this guy. Yeah, that's incredible. I, I have to say, when he helped me with the handgun at the handgun range, and it was a little sad. It was a little <laughs> sad, but I was a little ashamed. No, you you were great. It, it was nice. You were very calm, and I can understand have, yeah, wanting to have an instructor like that by your side. So that's awesome. That's really cool. So you guys have been working together kind of since then, 2011. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And I, I volunteer for the oh well I, I every time i look up i do see you two together there seem to be a theme today so well and i don't live here anymore so when i do oh. come back you know to do these things like i'm gonna gravitate towards yeah Nick and, naturally yeah why wouldn't you want it right i get that can i add something no hey, I'm, I'm greek freak <laughs> And uh, actually, I've actually uh, shot better over the years because of Andy. Uh, he does, he sells himself short, and uh, he actually does a lot of things to help a lot of veterans and civilians at best too. And uh, uh, he has a, he's a man of many talents. Uh, one of the biggest things when I ruck, and uh, I'm hard on myself, and uh, sometimes I want to give up. It's because of Chris Fleming that I get to uh, push on. It's people like this that actually put me to the finish line so I'm grateful for that so I love you guys thank you from a bloody legend himself holy cow now, that's a big deal it, I'm kind of I have to say it feels a little should we all I'm very humbled you know I'm very humbled yeah. to just like be seated at the same table as you guys some really awesome people here so that's what's well, up and, and that, like that is our whole team yeah we have a, a whole team of <laughs> 
I just kind of, just kind of let them. If you flail them, it's best. My side. Okay. So, yeah. so I just gave him a teaser that we're doing the motorcycle thing. Oh, the motorcycle thing, yeah. Uh, going down to bedding in uh, Lejeune, or there's a second option, right? There is. There's a second option. There's a possibility through the uh, generosity of Harley Davidson that we may be going out to Sturgis this year um, for their big motorcycle event. Um, wow. If everything works out fine, that's where we're going to be going with about the same number of people, maybe a couple more, um, and having a great time in Sturgis doing some shooting events along with some riding out in the beautiful uh, South Dakota hills. Um, fingers crossed. Hopefully it works out. So if, you know, we're all interested in at least seeing you on this journey, how can we follow along? So like- to follow along with, with the events with Hava, um, we have an Instagram page, which is Hava Training. Hava underscore training. Hava underscore training. You can okay. follow us there. Um, we have other Instagram pages, of course. Uh, Academy has one if you'd like to do some local shooting. Uh, we can do one down there, but um, I know Vets has one. Vets underscore CT, I think, is theirs. Uh, but yeah, if you're looking for, for, for more information on that, you can cont- uh, contact us, us through uh, Instagram as well. So, easy awesome. way to find us. Awesome. I'll make sure that I'm hopping out there. That's awesome. Alright, so can we talk about you a little bit? We talked about these fine gentlemen. We got to know them a little bit intimately. Um, okay. Well, tell me yeah, about you. Yeah, yeah. My name's Kurt. Uh, <laughs> Hi, Kurt. Hi. Um, I work at Academy Training Center in Salem. Before that, I worked for the Department of Correction for 20 years. Um, did some time. You've been in jail your whole life. I've been mm-hmm. in jail my whole life. That so sucks. Pretty much. <laughs> and, uh, well, it, yes and no. Yeah. Okay. The, sure. the benefits outweigh outweigh what I had to go through, but whatever. It's it's a job. Um, before that, I was in the National Guard for, I did six years with the MPs, our local um, 143rd MP company up in Hartford, Connecticut. I don't know if even if they're around anymore. Um, but I got out of that in 94, 95. I was out uh, and I started corrections in 94. So it was a little bit of an overlap with the National Guard. That was, yeah, he was held reading. I probably wasn't born yet. Okay, good. So a long, long time ago in a place far, far away, I did some <laughs> things. But uh, full circle back to this, um, without that short stint in the military, um, when I didn't even know what I was doing with my life has led me to this and, and I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier off camera about um, how people uh, don't feel like they deserve um, to uh, participate in these events and, and that's just uh, that's just unrealistic. Malarkey. I mean, it's malarkey. Uh, there's always someone worse off than you. Okay, so if, if we're going to wait till everyone who's the, the worse off to have these events, um, we're going to be waiting forever because there's always somebody that has something worse than you do. So it, what we what we need as as these organizations, we need participants. We need people to put aside their wanting to help other people for one day and just take because it's being offered. And these people want you to to participate. We we want you to volunteer, of course we do, but we need you to participate. So um, if there's one thing I could say to people out there on the fence about possibly attending one of these events, whether it's ours or vets or Guardians of the Purple Heart or Wounded Warrior, whoever, just if you're asked, attend. Attend and enjoy yourself because that's without that, we don't have these events. We can't do it. And yeah. selfishly, 
I want to do this. So <laughs> I need people to come and participate. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's that's it. I don't know if I answered any of your questions at all. No, I think that, I that was beautiful. I said what I wanted to say. Yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> Good. I think we kind of understand that too in having a hard time finding people that are able to step back and kind of take be on the receiving end of, Absolutely. I don't want to say some love, but some love, yes, you know, some what it DLC. Is, right. yeah. And um, a lot of these people need it and they, they're not, they don't want to ask for it. They don't want to. That's why know. we offer it. Yeah. So you don't have to ask for it. Yeah. But when we offer it, do it. Yeah. Just show up. <laughs> just show up. Yeah. Good. We'll just ask you up. again, but there might come a time when we stop asking. So, so definitely take advantage of it. And if you yeah. want to, if you want to help, you have to participate. Yeah. So remember that. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for yeah. taking some time to sit and chat with me and spending the day with us. What a fantastic weekend with some of us lucky ducks here. I didn't get to come yesterday, but um, what, what a treat. Your group is pretty special. Right? Okay. So Connecticut being a smaller state, like you have reach from edge to edge, border to border. And like I, I've been to some of your rides back in the day while I lived here. Um, I've had, you know, personal influence from you guys like you you guys are studs we appreciate what you guys are doing uh we enjoy working together Aww. you know we've had events where we're like hey you know we need some guys uh come out you know you got anybody and they show up yeah always yeah always but happy to help thank you guys so much i appreciate it sorry there, bud. wow yeah what a what a fantastic group of people so i i just want to say chris fleming is absolute he he is he is a he is a legend uh kurt he's a legend too i ride with him a lot uh during riding season him and i meet up at, at a bunch of these rides and whatnot we're constantly running into each other first time i ever met chris fleming though i see him come ripping up to the the poker run and he's on his uh he's on his harley and as he said he lost both of his legs so he comes riding past me and i see the prosthetic and i'm looking at his leg and i'm like holy crap this dude's riding a bike with a product like this dude is a legend so you the have, person, if you were to meet chris you'd have no idea well the I, best part was is that we're standing there and the guy next to me he goes you want to see something even more legendary i'm like yeah he goes watch when he gets off the bike so he parks the bike and he swings his other leg over and it's another prosthetic and i'm like wait what this dude is just ripping downtown on his motorcycle and I'm just like, this, this, nothing stops this guy. He just, yeah. he puts his mind to something. He wants to do something. And this guy finds a way to do it. Whether it's, yeah. you know, he, he finds a way to, to fuel his passion with riding motorcycles, or he finds a way to give back to the veteran community. I mean, this dude is just, he is hard charging. Um, and then luckily enough, like through all the connections that he was talking about, uh, through all the other organizations, he teamed up with uh, vets. And when he teamed up with vets, he was introduced to Thor, who is now running the program. Um, and Thor is the one that contacted us along with Nico about being participants in this event. And yes, his name actually, his name is actually Torgeston, uh, but we call him Thor for short. Uh, but I mean, this dude looks like a Thor. Uh, so <laughs> uh, he is an absolutely legendary individual as well. Real, real quick. Um... So I've spent a lot of time since Ruck Up talking with Chris. Uh, we had a small conversation at the table together afterwards. He saw my hat, right? 
which is our sign-off line, right, for yep. this show, which is stay proud, stay grateful, as we always say. And I always felt that, uh, or, well, I felt that there are certain people that embody that so well. And when Chris saw my hat, he's like, I want it. I was like, you want, you want my hat? Like, I want me to give it to you? <laughs> Take it. <laughs> like, no, I want one just like that. I, he says, I live that every day. Every day, that's what that's what I live. That's what I think and I feel. And so, Chris, I know you're out there, and I know you know this is coming. But uh, on behalf of the Guardians and the show, right, we got you a stay proud, stay grateful hat. Right? That's awesome. Um, as well as a mug, that's a little perfect. hidden gem on the back of it. <laughs> that's awesome. So, keep on keeping on, man. Keep keep pushing that that message and, and telling people to be be proud of who they are, proud of those who came before them and grateful for what they have and what they've been given. Um, we love you, bud. And uh, we're, we're going to do some more work with you here pretty soon. It's going to be We got a couple more surprises lined up for you. We're oh, not yeah. going to get into that right now. But, yeah, going <laughs> – we're just going to segue. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so Thor is an absolutely amazing individual. This person is talented in so many different ways. Actually, the logo, the new guard, the Guardians logo that you see, the one that everyone loves and the one that's plastered everywhere, um, he actually designed it. He, we basically, yeah. So we. This actually, is news to me. <laughs> see, guys, even I learned some stuff. That's cool. Our first logo, the wings on um, the medallion were more left and right. They were more spread out. Uh, we never, we never had the circle that said Guardians of the Purple Heart. After a couple of months, I think it was like six, eight months, we realized that that logo did not work for merchandise. So we contacted Thor, who helped us set up our website. Um, and then he, you know, we were like, look, we're looking for a new logo. And he was like, I'll design something for you. I'll give you like three or four different things to choose from. You pick the one that you like the most. This was the first logo he sent. This was the first logo that I presented to the organization. And immediately, as soon as we saw it on a shirt, uh, sweatshirt, coffee mug, backpack, hat. It was like, that's it. That's the logo. It instantly was like, this is what has to be what identifies us as an organization. Um, he has his own business, Pyramid Marketing. Uh, he runs vets. Uh, he's a music singer. Like he does, I don't know if he does karaoke, but I mean, the dude sings and, you know, plays guitar and all that. I mean, this guy is just, he's wicked talented. Um, and if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have been a part of this event. So we were actually able to, it's very rare that we're able to sit down with organizers of an event of this magnitude. So being able to spend some time and sit down with people and talk to them and, and get to hear their side of things, it's kind of a rare treat for us. Um, so we'll, we'll play this video of Thor. Uh, and then again, we'll put all the information down in the description below. So everyone can go ahead and contact Vets, Thor, or the organization or whatever. Um, but we'll get you hooked up. So let's go ahead and spend a few minutes with Thor and hear what he has to say. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, I'm sitting here with what is soon to be one of my new favorite people <laughs> for inviting us out to this event with Thor. Uh, we want to take this moment to kind of talk to you about the Ruck Up event that we, we just concluded. All right. That was a blast. Uh, I give you a 10 out of 10 on the super cool scale for this. All right. 10 out of 10. You're the first one, by the way. Yeah. Um, so we just want to take the 
a moment and kind of talk a little bit about what we do. We'll go over more of it in the show specifically, but more about why Vets was started and what the aim is for. So I'll go ahead and I'll pass the mic to you. Yeah, uh, Vets or Veterans Equine Therapeutic Services was started in 2015. Um, I was working as an equine therapist, uh, working with children who have autism and cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, and Craig McAllister, who was a Navy chief and Coast Guard chief, um, approached me because his brother-in-law had been in an IED attack in Afghanistan. Um, he had uh, His brother-in-law went to a riding facility in Texas called Rock on Ride and did equine therapy there, showed amazing uh, indications as far as handling his PTSD and his mobility. He had TBI and um, he was crushed under an MRAP for kind of like eight hours before they found him. And doing equine therapy, Craig was out there, saw what had happened, and was like, I need to do this too. So Craig approached me as I was doing the instruction out there, and he asked me if I wanted to be his lead instructor and start this organization uh, with Christina Clark. And we said, hell yes. And uh, that was basically how it was formed. And um, we bounced around from barn to barn until we found the place where we're at, and that kind of got us to where we're at right now. So, the ruck of event. This is our. This is number two, right? This is number two. Yeah, yeah. So this is number two. Um, that came about. Um, I got the idea. I was doing a climb out in Wyoming at Jackson Hole. I was going to climb the Grand Teton, and I didn't make it. It's, got, it's, it's a tough climb. I got altitude sickness, started getting nosebleeds, and everything. I had to quit. But when we got there, it was uh, we had the excellent guides, and I spent two months putting my pack together and getting workout and everything like that. And when I got there, the guides are like, okay, dump your packs out on the tables. And I'm like, man, I just spent two months getting this pack together. And they're like, we don't care. We need to see what you're carrying up the mountain because when we have to carry you down, we want to know that we're not carrying your weight set and your 12 pack of beer and you know, all this stuff. And we want to know what you've got. And literally they went through your pack and they're like, you don't need this. And they threw out half of my shit. And they're like, you don't need this. You don't need this. You just need this. Take this, that. And they put it in. And I was like, what a great metaphor. It's like, what do you care? carrying around that you don't need that is so easily to go nope you don't need this get rid of it right and I was like okay they're helping me find the right gear they're putting me in the right mindset and they're giving me the right education and I'm like that's what I want to do so it was like when I get back we're going to put an event together and it basically was going to be the equine the horses and it was going to be archery and outdoor skills and we got hooked up with uh, Kurt Hersberg and the Hava team and they said shooting would be a great component to add to that and that's kind of how it grew it just kind of took off from there yeah. um, so in my, my short span in this community thus far I haven't been to a lot of veteran based events but I personally don't know if I'll come across one like this uh, I mean Doug you've, you've been around this scene for a while I mean how this, this was so I part- like two years ago I participated Participated in another event with Hava, and that was two days worth of shooting, uh, which was absolutely amazing. This was the first ruck up, and this was just—I didn't know what to expect when I saw the pictures from last year. And when I was watching the, the videos and the pictures, I was looking at it, going, "That looks awesome!" Yeah. Like everything that they're doing, that is pretty cool. And then yesterday, like you know, uh, Nick, my son was there with me yesterday, and we were just like the entire.
entire night we were just talking about it i'm um, talking about how we smell like campfire on the way home yeah uh, went yeah. out to my truck like three hours later and still smelled like campfire and we were like this is just i mean <laughs> it was it was great to it was great to be connected with so many like-minded people but yet still be disconnected from everything else if that makes any sense you what you guys put together here is something pretty special i feel like it embodied everything that we loved about being in the service i mean you know trying trying to like the archery thing we were doing earlier right trying to, to shoot the bottle off of a, a fake bear's head and we're all making fun of each other while we're doing it you know we're, we're out here we're learning new skills or brushing up on some skills that we might have already known um you know and we're having a blast while we're doing it and it kind of you just leave a lot of the other stuff behind you're really focused in the moment it doesn't matter if it's you guys were teaching us how to how to groom and care for a horse and kind of getting in that importance of how caring for something else is a really good way to care for yourself um just to kind of also exercising some of the you know our abilities you know whether it be on the archery range or the firing range you know or you teach me how to make fire from a friggin rock and a knife right like that's it, it's just it's really it's really amazing i think you guys you guys you shot from the moon and friggin destroyed it and uh i'm i'm personally very proud to be part of this community if you guys put on something like this and i'm very grateful that you 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 invited us out um it's a it's a wonderful experience Doug, i also think too like the one of the biggest things for like myself and, and maybe you can agree too is um as we are leaders in an organization ourselves mm -hmm. we're always on the opposite side yeah. of the fence right so we're we had like your role where we're planning organizing orchestrating we're always calling the shots pointing the fingers and stuff and to be on this side of it <laughs> and then watching everyone else work and then we're sitting here like participating and doing everything that you put together like it just it's i don't want to call it a motivator but it just kind of like breathes just yeah. just that much more fire into yeah. it to where it's, it's like, like that oh is this, day. is this what it what, right you know, yeah it's like is this what our like? recipients feel like or yeah. is this what other people feel like when we help them and then it's just it just breathes that fire right back into you where it's just like all right what else can we do where else can we go with i this? was talking to, to to nico and i was talking to some of the hava guys and i was explaining the days leading up you know i, I heard about this you know this bag you know, this bag and i called nico and i said you know nico i don't i don't know how i feel about this man i feel terrible taking this yeah you know i got the classic nico you know shut up and take it you know um but you know the, the guys that have made a really good point you know is if you wait for someone else you know worse off than you then we're going to sit here for the rest of eternity and uh it's it was definitely an eye-opening experience uh and a lot of fun and exactly what you know i think what you guys were trying to aim for and it exceeded all of our expectations you know? I, I, I really think and that's kind of the the essence i mean some of my background i mean i am non-military but i worked in a military environment for many years uh, my brother and family members are in those environments um, and i come from a traditional martial arts background where you know it's the warrior mentality the warrior ethos in a very classical sense and so a lot of what we do in my understanding 
and being around true warriors in that sense. And you know, with this is that it's okay, you know what motivates them. It's kind of one of those things you say, okay, what are you guys gonna wanna do? What are you gonna wanna, you know, participate in? And it's really, you know, what I was getting is with what we do in the equine therapy. So when we're trying to help people with PTSD, so we joke and I don't know if they said that horses are the poster child of PTSD, right? I mean horses have survived for millions of years with fight or flight, trust issues, hypervigilance, all of that. And that has made them very good at surviving, right? And in the military, hypervigilance, trust issues, fight or flight, all of those are great things for anybody who's in a combat environment. When you come back to the state side, everybody's like, okay, you're wigging me out with that shit. You know? It's like, so, so stop doing that, but we want you to redeploy in six months, so don't lose that, yep. right? And where I come from, from my martial arts background and all of that, is that, you know, and it's kind of the samurai thing. It's like, you need to have that all the time, but you need to temper that mm -hmm. so that you can carry it with you. And it's like, you just, you go, okay, just be a horse, right? Horses get spooked every once in a while, but they're still able to manage that hypervigilance and all that trust issues and all those things. And those aren't bad indicators if you're like, yes, you should know how many exits are in the room. Yes, you should know how to get out of there. Yes, you should know how, you know, where your kid is and what to do, but you shouldn't let it overwhelm you, you know, and that idea of, you shouldn't never stop being a warrior. You shouldn't stop working out. You shouldn't stop training. You shouldn't stop doing this stuff, you know, and then by being able to get around people who are like-minded and love to do this stuff, that's the thing. And that's, you know, my getting to be Santa Claus here and kind of saying, okay, I've got all of this stuff that was given to me and I learned along the way and all I want to do is give it away because I just love sharing, right? And that education piece. And I think that that idea of being able to flip the script on kind of some of the, you know, how veteran vets are run or that, you know, that I want somebody else to do it. I want somebody else to have that experience or have that, you know, I'll give it to them, you know, and that's really, you're leaving kind of money on the table when people are saying, hey, this is here for you. It's like your VA benefits. You wouldn't say no to your VA benefits, right? It's one of those things. It's like, okay, if somebody's offering this to you. And then the other side of that is that it is so important to the people who either never served or never volunteered, never did anything that want to give back, right? Because they're so passionate about what veterans have done and what they, they just want to help and want to give. And when you go, no, 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 you're denying them that love or that ability to show you how they feel, right? And it's one of those, it's kind of like, you have to go, okay, I'll, it's like, yes, I will let you do this to me because that's my gift to you because you get to feel good that you've done a good thing instead of going, no, I don't need your fucking help, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, and it's really, and it's a very kind of Japanese mentality of, okay, you know, I will let you serve me because it's making you happy to do that, you know? And that's, that's a whole different mindset. And that's kind of what I try to have underlying and, you know, in the things that I do, that it's like, you know, I get so much great joy out of giving all this stuff and doing all the work. I mean, it stresses me out, but it's one of those, it's like when it's done, you're just like, man, see how many smiles and it just getting out there shooting the bows and doing the stuff. And it's like, it's, those are fun things that it's like, you got to get out and do that shit. Yeah. You got to get out. And kind of, you know, yes. You know. Well, you guys did fantastic. You, you put on one hell of a show. Um, I think we'll wrap it up there, but yeah. you're done. You guys are now you're, you're bound to, you have to uh, volunteer for the next one and you have to find yeah. a vet. 
yep. to fill your space. So for next year. Well, I already know I'm, I'm definitely going to come help you guys out next year. Yep. And I already got somebody in mind. So, Doug, you got any last No, just thank one? you. This is an amazing weekend. Uh, I'm going to be hurting for a few days. But yeah, same. <laughs> same. Usually, usually my weekends are like that that downtime where you can just relax after a hard week at work. But and then just going all weekend. Yeah, I'll be hurting for a few days, but it was it was worth it. It was well worth it. So thank you. That was an amazing weekend. Absolutely so amazing. So glad you guys got to come out. Just, um, just one kind of shout out. Anybody, any of the veterans who are out there who are interested in this program or what we're doing, please go to vetsct, V-E-T-S-C-T dot org. Um, my number's on there. Our contact information is on there. There's no cost at all for you to come out. We try our best to, to accommodate you, you know, and we're going to be having outdoor classes and all kinds of things going on. Or if you want to support the program and donate, you know, we could definitely use that as well. Same place, but, you know. Yeah, we'll put all the links and everything like that in, uh, in the description yeah, as well. So anyone has yeah. to do is just click the link and they'll be good. And we're going right to keep in touch. We're going to keep in touch. Yeah, so we're having classes all through the summer. Yeah, I'm actually really excited about that. So are you super excited? Super. Uber. I'm trying to is think right now cool? of a level above super excited, and I can't. Uber excited. Uber excited. Uber. I just can't hide it. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely, we're definitely going to keep in contact with you guys. We're definitely going to continue uh, this, you know, awesome relationship that I think that we're going to develop here in the future. And uh, yeah, brother, once again, uh, I'm very proud and very okay. grateful. Thank man. you. Appreciate you. That was awesome. So out there to the whole world, like we said before, we're going to put all the links uh, in the description for the videos here uh, so you can figure out more of what Vet's doing, uh, what Hava's doing, uh, and some future things that they might have coming up. Um, and yeah, so uh, so long from Ruck Up 2023. We'll see you again in 2024 and probably a bunch of times between. Uh, until then, as always, everybody, stay proud, stay grateful. We'll see you next time. Although that's not the end of the show. <laughs> uh, we got a few more to talk about. So first off, leave it to Thor to pass on some 380-year-old wisdom from a samurai She's named brilliant. Miyamoto Musashi who wrote the Book of Five Rings that said it was better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. And that's what he was trying to get to there. So making sure we have all those skills and still saving them there and be tempered and and reintroduce ourselves back into the society that we we aim to protect. So yeah. it was great. I just wanna I just wanna talk again real quick about the the significance of the backpack. It that was probably one of the most pivotal moments. That bag right there. That was probably one of the most mind-blowing metaphors that like i don't know it just kind of knocked me on my on my butt because we're all standing there at the end of day one and they open up the the tailgate and the tunnel cover of this truck and there's all these packs and thor stands up and he's he's giving this speech and it's it's kind of like an emotional moment and everyone feels it and then he starts talking about how you know when you get home and you're you're having those moments where you have that uh self-doubt and when the, internally like the stuff hits the fan um and you're thinking that you can't go on and all that stuff um he's like we're gonna find ourselves in situations where we're gonna be out in nature and you're gonna be in a situation where 
this stuff's going to hit the fan and you're going to need those skills um, and those tools to survive. And then he takes one of the bags out and he was like, this is what this bag represents. It represents the fact that no matter what happens, you have the tools to survive, whether it's physically or mentally, you have the tools. And you know what? If you need help, you have enough tools in this pack to remain sustainable and we are going to come and help. And right there in that moment, I was just like, it's a backpack. <laughs> and it makes so much sense. <laughs> and it did. And like, I, I want to keep that bag in my truck. And I mean, I guess I can take the item, like the, um, the ax and the handsaw out and put the rest of the stuff in there. But I, I don't want to, because it's part of the pack because I can't keep it in my truck because of where I work. And that's considered a weapon if my truck gets searched and I'm not going to have it confiscated, but I keep it downstairs in my living room and it's on the chair and I walk by it 50, 60, a hundred times a day when I'm home. And it's just that little reminder that it doesn't matter how hard today gets. It doesn't matter how hard tomorrow is going to get. It doesn't matter what happens. I have the tools to get through it just by looking at a backpack. I know. Thor, right? you're a genius. So, Thor, you're so here's the thing. I've, I've been, I've been talking to Nico a lot since Ruck up. Um, send him some quick text messages here and there. And uh, him and I can both agree that that event is very much a, a I want to say life-changing, but a it's a very changing experience, period. So the, the ruck that I just showed, what it has in it, what they, what they gifted us is a plethora of survival skill or survival tools. It was tools, all the tools right? that we used on Saturday. Yeah, it was all, all the gear that, that we were taught how to use, they gave to us to continue to be able to use. So that bag goes with me everywhere, everywhere. It, uh, because of the fact that I work in the civilian sector, um, I, can, I can bring it with me. Certain things I keep in the truck in a separate, you know, compartment to, to always have. But what I put in it, you know, things like, you know, snacks and stuff. But I drink out of the water bottle they gave us every day. I keep snacks in that bag every day. I, I bring it with me no matter what. It's my it's my dad go bag, if you will, to make sure that you know my kids always have something to charge their their phones, their tablets with. You know, it's it's my dad purse. It really is. You know, I got a first aid kit. You know, for boo boos just in case. There's always something in there. Hell, I, I went on a trip up to uh, my in laws' house, and the only thing I had to bring with me was a change of clothes. I just put it in the bag and left. You know, it was amazing, but since then, I mean. One, I've been eating healthier. I've been so motivated to, to, to get back into shape. I come home, you know, from work after working, you know, 10 plus hours. And I grab the bag. I grab the dog. I go for a three-mile ruck in the woods. All right. I've lost five pounds since ruck up. You know, say your head looks a little smaller. I, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but that, that's, that's what events like this can do to people. That's what people like that can do to other people have such a positive effect um and man and doug like we've we've been <laughs> like for the last couple of weeks right we've been like oh i found this survival gear trying to yeah. tweak our bags getting ready we're, we're planning you know some stuff for the show to where we can yeah. kind of exercise a few of the, the skills that we brushed up on or learned and everything yeah, which and, uh just real quick i do have an amazing amazing episode an idea for the show that i have to run by you and the producer it's going to be 
epically hilarious. Okay. And this is going to just be this is going to be an amazing, amazing show. Is it three <laughs> hours of me trying to shoot something with a bow again? Well, that'll be included. <laughs> we'll have to edit two hours and 45 minutes of that out. <laughs> and most of it's bleeps for me swearing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so everyone who has watched this episode, I know this, this episode is a little bit longer, um, and we do apologize for that, but please bear with us in the fact that this was a two-day event. There was a lot that happened. There was a lot that this two-day event did for not only Seth and I, but for, I think it was like 22, 23 other veterans. Um, yeah. Veterans that we have met before, we have part we have been to events with them before, veterans that we haven't met before, uh, active duty personnel from the Naval Submarine Base. Uh, there was a lot of people there that were greatly affected by what these organizations did. And they were affected in different ways, right? So each event is going to have a different effect on people. Um, Seth and I, it just kind of like sparked this, you know, love for just like getting back outdoors and and let's go, you know, do a, um, a hike camping trip and let's get some people involved. Let's our, get, get our kids involved. Uh, let's bring the camera stuff and record episodes. And also too, what Thor is doing is they're in the summertime, I think it's like once a month, they're doing classes. So what they do is they spend two, three hours in the morning and they teach you more advanced skills on fire making, carrying a fire. So if you have to go from one campsite to the next, how you can carry a fire with you so you don't have to worry about starting a fire when you get to campsite B, right? Who thought about so, carrying a fire? That's not exactly. like, that's like, no, don't pick up the fire, Seth. That's bad. And now they're going to yeah. teach us how to yeah. pick My up the fire. My mom always taught me, you know, don't touch that. That's hot. But... <laughs> me being the idiot was like yeah how hot oh that's real hot but yeah so i mean and the thing is is any veteran that's been to the rock up event you bring your pack with you and you utilize the tools that are in your pack reinforcing the fact that you have the tools to survive anything and it just plays back in your head where it's it doesn't matter how hard tomorrow gets or how hard today gets you look at that bag you're going to realize i have the tools i just have to remember how to use them and like I said, we, we apologize. This episode is a little bit longer than normal, um, but there was just a lot that happened. There was a lot of people that we ran into, a lot of influential leaders in the nonprofit sector that are doing amazing things, amazing things for the veterans in the veteran community. And we just so happened to, to be the recipients of it. And it was literally life-changing for us. It, it was amazing. So Thor, Kurt, uh, Chris Fleming, Nico, Hava, Vets, Smith & Wesson, Sig Sauer, uh, everyone else that was involved. There was a list of people that were involved. Um, thank you. Seriously, thank you. I don't think you really understand what that event has done. And I don't think you understand what kind of fire that event has pretty much sparked inside of just Seth and I alone, and we're just two people. So yeah, again, guys, you, you you really put the put the hoo back in this sailor's heart, and uh, put the hoo yeah. back in the saddle. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Like like Doug was just saying, right? We look at that bag, and we realize we have all the tools we need. We have the skills, and in a way, we don't wear the uniform anymore. We're, we're still sailors. We're still soldiers, right? That doesn't go away. No, nope. and. Uh, like I, like I, like I told Thor, you know, thanks for showing us we can always go home, and we appreciate it. 
And to any veteran out there watching, if Seth keeps using the phrase, go home, um, and that's kind of what it is, right? You're out of the military and you want to go home. You want to get back into that mindset, that, that feeling of camaraderie, stuff like that. Contact us. Let us know. We will... We will get you hooked up with the proper organization. If you're not local in Connecticut, we have an outreach of pretty much across the U.S. to where we can reach out and find an organization for you. Um, we know of a national organization that we can get you hooked up with. So we can get you hooked up back with that family. So if you need it, you contact us and we'll give you the tools. We can help you with those tools. So just let us know what you need. We got you. All right. Well, I think that's that's it for this episode, guys. Uh, like Doug said, it's a little bit longer, but it's worth it. Um, Definitely. So is. once again, to all the guys at uh, Vets and ladies at Vets and Hava, um, thank you so much for everything you did. It was fantastic. And uh, yeah, it was crazy. Doug, you got any last words on this one? No, I, I'm, I just want to go rucking and Go start a fire. <laughs> Same. All right. So to everybody out there on TV land watching, uh, as usual, stay proud. Stay grateful. We'll see you next time.